I've got to believe that some of you who haven't been here the last two weeks are wondering what in the world is going on. That's the theme song from a bar show, right? But as I told you a couple of weeks ago, it's a theme song for a connect group where everybody knows your name, where we all have the same troubles and we know it and we can share with one another, where we become closer in relationship to one another because of the time we spend with one another. And I didn't want to let, uh, let the uh, secular uh, sitcoms steal those words from us that are so important to us in terms of connect groups, small groups, uh, Bible study groups within a church. I want to kind of bring you up to date with where we are. We've had two weeks already. We're going to finish up today, um, and I'm going to turn you loose to, to do your thing with connect groups. If you were not here, and if you were, we can do it as, as a review, uh, on, your, on your sheets you will see, I think, the first two-thirds of the front side of the handout has to do with the last two weeks. So very quickly, let me just go through the the highlights of those two weeks. We looked at the fact that the Bible has metaphors for groups, for small groups, for connect groups that we can use uh, that are very fitting. And I said being spiritually connected is like several things. It's like being a brick in a building. If we look at this building, parts had to go together. They have to connect together or the building will fall down. So you have to be like a brick in a building. Being spiritually connected is also like being a part of a body. And we understand that all the parts in the body will grow together. Every last one of them grow together. We're, we're all different, aren't we? We're all different. None of us are doing the same task. In a body, if you had all eyes, what would you do if you wanted to pick up something? In a body, if you had all feet, what would you do if you wanted to see something? So we are different. We have different uh, uh, characteristics. We all have different work to do, too, and that kind of comes out of, flows out of the fact that we are different. Um, we're called to do different tasks within the church, within the body of believers, with, within our small groups, our connect groups. Um, we are all needed. Every last one of us is needed. We couldn't do without a one of you here. Uh, I do believe that when God forms a church, uh, a local church body, he brings into that body people who possess all the gifts that he has given. Every last one of the spiritual gifts is represented somewhere in the church. I may not know who they are. You may not know who, who you are or what gift you have, but they're all here because we need all of them to make this a complete body and make it function as the way God wants us to function. Uh, being spiritually connected is, is like the fact that we belong to each other. We belong to each other. We become friends, but more than friends, we become connected in a way that, 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 that we're not going to be connected just meeting here on Sunday mornings. We really get to know one another. I say you get to know uh, uh, the, the person, their family, their pets, their grandchildren, you know all that, and then you are connected to that person, uh, much more so than, than you would be on a Sunday morning. And, and finally, being spiritually connected is, is the fact that you need to 
that we all need to be connected. We can't function by ourselves. I believe what we talked about was if you're, if you're a hand and your hand's cut off, it's no good. It can't possibly do what it's designed to do if it's connected from the body. So if you go out of here and you're going to do your little thing on your own, it won't work. We have to be together as a group, spiritually connected together. Uh, another metaphor was uh, being spiritually connected is like being a sheep in a flock. A sheep in a flock. The, the metaphor is used all through the Bible for this. And sheep, as you know, are protected and cared for by the shepherd. And in each small group, you kind of care for one another. You protect one another. You, you uh, uh, help one another when in need. And finally, the fourth metaphor is being spiritually connected is like being a member of a family. That one's easy enough because we love each other. We love each other. We learn to love each other. I don't think we're born loving each other. We learn, first of all, to love God and then to love the other people around us. Last week, we looked at the, uh, the idea that there's four advantages to having connect groups in a church. And these were, first of all, uh, connect groups are relational. They're relational. You're supposed to, again, love God and love others. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Relational connect groups. Connect groups are flexible. What I like about a connect group is that it can meet any time. Yeah, we have on, on our sheets over here a day of the week, and I think some of them have even designed a time to meet. But when you get together as a, as a group, you can change that. If you don't want to meet at that house, you may want to meet at a restaurant. You may want to meet at the park. You may want to meet at somebody else's house. You may want to meet instead of a Tuesday on a Friday. You can do all that because they're flexible. We can't really change too much here. It's going to be Sunday morning probably for us, and it's going to be you know, around 10 o'clock-ish somewhere, 9, 30, 10, some churches 11 o'clock. We know that we're going to meet at that time, and we can't be real flexible because there's too many people involved. Uh, another advantage of connect groups is that they're expandable. We can divide connect groups. When we get to a certain point, we can take half the group and start a new group. And that's what I hope we will be doing come six months or a year from now. And also, connect groups are economical. I like this one the best. Connect groups don't cost us a thing because they're at your house. <laughs> they're not here. You pay the electric bill. You pay the, the heating and air you pay for the food. You pay for, you know, all that. We don't have to pay anything. So it's an economical uh, venture for the church, too. It's, it's an easy thing for a church to do, to have connect groups. And the model for our connect groups is uh, found in the book of Acts, Acts 2 specifically, where Paul tells us the story of the first day of the church and what happened after that. So if you would, turn with me to Acts uh, 2, beginning at verse 42. Acts 2, 
verse 42. In this church, we believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God. It's the only standard that we have for our faith and our life. So listen as I read from God's Word. And I think this is New Living Translation. I forgot to write it down here, but I believe what I'm reading to you will be New Living Translation. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily the people who were being saved. So I want us to look today at... at I think it's seven signs of a healthy connect group. I've been in connect groups that were not very healthy, and I've been in health, uh, uh, connect groups that were extremely healthy. I would like ours to be extremely healthy, and we need to know what that looks like. So that's what we're going to be looking at today, seven signs of a healthy connect group. First of all, it says they studied the Bible. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's the first sign of a healthy connect group. They studied the Bible together. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What was the apostles' teaching? That was the Bible. The New Testament was written by the apostles. You know their names. They wrote the New Testament. At this time, they didn't have it in a book like we have today. But they were studying exactly what we're studying uh, as we come to our connect groups. Evidently, what the apostles were teaching on the weekends in the temple courts, they were, they were kind of reviewing during the weeks, during the week times, house to house. So they ded dedicated themselves to the apostles' teachings. Number two, they fellowshiped and ate together. They fellowshiped and ate together. It says in verse 42 also, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. Bless you. There's only one way you're going to build fellowship, I think, and that's through frequency. Frequency. People have said, well, when, can, when will our groups meet? Well, I hope they'll meet every week. It seems to me that that's the frequency that we need to have. If you, if you meet every other week, let's say, and you miss one session, then that means you've gone a month without seeing the people in that group. And I don't think we can call that fellowship. I think it's got to be more frequent than that. We need to have frequency in our fellowships. And verse 46 says, They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Aren't you glad that's a part of the connect group? See, food is a tool for doing ministry. It's a tool for fellowship. How many of you have grown closer to other people through eating at small groups? How many of you? Look at that. How many of you have grown fatter <laughs> through, through eating with other people at small groups? 
I think it's kind of interesting if you look at the Bible as a whole, particularly uh, uh, the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, for example. You'll find that almost every time that Jesus taught something, they were either walking or they were eating. Walking or eating. Now, why is that? Why is that? Because when people are walking or when people are sitting down eating with one another, they tend to be a little more relaxed. A little more relaxed. That way conversations can begin. Communication can, can open up. Barriers aren't there. And they're not defensive with one another. In fact, a lot of Jesus' major teachings were done while he was eating a dinner. Eating is important. It's a good thing. So I'm going to give you a directive as the pastor. We'll call this the pastor's requirement. I don't do this often. You must eat together in your connect group. Got that? Amen is right. Eat together in your connect group. It doesn't have to be a full meal. You don't, I mean, don't, don't labor over this. But we can bring snacks, have coffee, cookies, cake, you know. Desserts are better anyway, right? Um, this passage says they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So be happy when you eat and have a sincere heart about your happiness because that's what they did in the New Testament. They fellowshiped around food. Number three, they shared communion. They shared communion together in their homes. They took the Lord's Supper it says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And that's talking about communion. That's talking about the Lord's Supper, which, whichever term you uh, use. Now, I'm asked rather frequently here, George, why do we do communion every Sunday at Renovation Church? Well, I believe we should celebrate the Lord's Supper as often as we possibly can as often as we can. And we choose here to celebrate it every week. Now I understand that I understand that communion is only for believers. I understand that. It's not for unbelievers. And we want Sunday morning to be a time, a place where we can bring friends who are not who do not have a relationship with the Lord and feel comfortable. So there's this constant tension, I think, within me, within, within us, between whether or not to celebrate uh, the Lord's Supper. I mean, we love those who come to check us out. We do love them. Those who are seeking to know more about God. Those who have questions about this thing we call Christianity those who have had bad church experiences in the past, those who are not like us. They don't look like us. They don't dress like us. They don't behave like us. They don't have lifestyles like us. They don't live where we live. Those who feel unworthy and unwanted and unnecessary and unaccepted and unloved. We want those people to come. We love you. 
And more importantly is, than that, as this last song said, God loves you. God loves you just the way you are. And he brought you here to Renovation Church. And in no way would we ever want to make you feel un, unwanted or uncomfortable by doing something that, that seems to be an exclusive thing for only the club. That's not our purpose. That's not the purpose of communion. But after much prayer and careful counsel with, with a myriad of people, considering all the possible opposition that I think we could consider, I believe that our need for frequent communion outweighs any objection that might arise. That's why we do communion every week. In the New Testament, they celebrated the Lord's Supper in homes. There were no church buildings. We didn't have church buildings as such really until the 300s. Up until that time, if you were Jewish, you met in a synagogue, or you met at the temple, or you met in homes. And during the last week of our connect groups, I'm going to ask each one of you uh, leaders of your group to invite me to come. And I would love to celebrate communion with you in those connect groups. Special time for us in those uh, connect groups. They shared communion in their homes. Number four, they prayed for each other. They prayed for each other. Uh, verse 42 also says they devoted themselves to prayer. Now, I don't have to tell you about the power of, of group prayer. We've all seen it. We've heard story after story after story of how a group gets together, prays for some crisis or someone in crisis, and we see amazing things happen, miracles and such that can take place when we pray as a group. And when you're stressed out, it helps to have other people praying for you. When you can't pray for yourself. You ever been there? You just can't pray for yourself. Sometimes you go through a tough time, and you don't know what to pray. It's just not there. You don't know what to pray. You think to yourself, I'm so stressed out. I'm so tired. I'm so uh, broken. I'm so grieving that I can't even pray. And that's when you need other people to pray for you. That's when you need people to believe God for you. That's when you need other people to have faith for you, to pull you through that tough time. Because there are times in all of our lives, I've had them, you will have them, when we're reduced to a blubbering mess and we don't even know what to pray for or how to pray. You're so depressed, discouraged, angry, mad, worried, whatever, just can't pray. It just won't come. That's why we need other people. People to pray for us. And when you're going through a tough time, you should never go through that tough time by yourself, all alone. We were meant to have other people in our lives. Remember, 
The first week we looked at what God said. It's not good for man <clears throat> to be alone. God himself hates loneliness. So whether you're married or not, you need a, you need a spiritual family around you which provides the one another's that we read about in the scriptures. The one another's of comfort and praying for each other. Number five is this. They helped each other in practical ways. They helped each other in practical ways. This is how we judge ourselves, I think. It, one of the major ways, anyway. Verse 45, it says, They gave to anyone as he had a need. And that's what connect groups are supposed to do. You need to borrow a lawnmower? Here, take my lawnmower. You're welcome to use it. You need a babysitter? I'll babysit for you or I'll find somebody to help babysit for you. You need a job reference? Let me write you a recommendation letter. It's that simple. You need help making it through tough times. You need meals brought over to your house because your husband or your wife is sick or just had surgery or whatever? We'll do that. That's the body of Christ helping each other. And what we're talking about here, I believe, is the exact opposite of what's come to be known as the American way. The American way is centralized care. The Christian way is decentralized care. And we make it as personal and as grassroots as we possibly can. Whenever Americans have a crisis, our typical reaction, wouldn't you say, is to, let's organize it. Let's get a, a central control for this thing. For instance, it, let's start a soup kitchen and wait for people to come and get fed. Let's start a food pantry and wait for people to come to us to get their food. Let's start this, or let's start that, and we'll wait for people to come and get it at that centralized location. I guess that's better than nothing, but it's just barely better than nothing. It's not, it's not the best way by any means because a lot of people, you know this to be a fact, a lot of people would be too embarrassed to come out and say, I need some food. I need some clothing. I need some help. They just won't do it. It's much better to have a connect group take care of the people in that connect group. You need a meal? Hey, we'll get a meal together for you. You need help? We'll help you out. You need a ride to the airport or the doctor? We'll give you a ride. It's decentralized, and it's much more personally done through a connect group. Number six, they worshiped together. In fact, this, this passage says they met house to house. They praised God, and they enjoyed favor of all the people. I was counting, and I believe that I am presently counting the two Alpha courses on Wednesday night and the one on Friday morning at the prison that I'm in, involved in right now. I think that I have done 47 Alphas. 
And I can tell you that there's been times on Wednesday nights or on that early, early Friday morning when we come here to head over to the prison when I was so tired and so worn out from work dealing with people in, in real need that I didn't have anything left in me. Nothing. I didn't want to go to that group. I really didn't want to go. I was just too tired. But I'd made a commitment and I was determined to go. So I would show up no matter how I felt. And while we were in that group, through the worship time, and worship could be singing, it could be praying, it could be reading scripture, it could be praising God. During the worship time, my heart would be renewed. My emotions would be restored. My tank was refilled. My love was revigorated. So much so that when I left, every time that I left, I thought, and I sure am glad I went. And some of you are nodding your heads like you've had that same experience too. Because before I was a basket case. I'd seen too many people. I'd dealt with too many problems. I was too tired. I've got too many things on my agenda. I've got too much to do tomorrow, etc., 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 etc. But I go to that small group, that connect group, and it's in the worship that I get emotionally recharged. And it's in the fellowship that I get spiritually strengthened. And it's in looking at the Word of God that I get rejuvenated. That's all the things that a connect group is designed to do. It's for your benefit. It's to keep you and me going. And worship is of vital importance to the connect group. Number seven, they invited others to church. They told people about Jesus. They brought people to Christ. They were an outreach group. Every one of the small groups in the, in the church in Jerusalem was focused on outreach, on helping reach people who didn't know the Lord yet. And there were plenty of them. They helped each other bring other people to Christ. Verse 46 says this, Every day the number in their group continued to grow as the Lord added those who were being saved. Notice the church is growing not just on Sundays, but it's growing every day. Why would that be? Because the groups were meeting every day. And here's, here's what I want to say to you about this uh, particular uh, sign. I want to ask every connect group, every family, every individual to adopt this theme for the next 28 days. 28 days, four weeks, that's, that's pretty simple, isn't it? This theme is each one, reach one. Each one, reach one. If each connect group would reach a group of other people to bring to the first Sunday of Advent, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, if each family could reach one family who doesn't go to church and bring them on the first Sunday of Advent, if each individual could bring one other individual with them, imagine 
we'd have double the number of people. And that's not the important part. I want to guarantee you that many of them would come to know Christ. Because we have this reputation <laughs> uh, here at, at Renovation Church that at Christmas time, people come to Christ when they hear that good news. People that have never heard it before. And I want you to begin praying right now. That's what this little, this little card is for. This little piece of paper. It's not really a card. I want you to take this little card and I want you to attach it with a magnet to your refrigerator. It's probably the best place. For the next 28 days to remind you to be praying about who am I going to bring the first Sunday of Advent? Write the person's name down there. Start praying about that person. You don't have to tell them. Just start praying about it. Maybe you drop a hint now and then. Now, I've got to tell you, we've got some things in store for you this year, again, that, uh, that are going to be exciting. Remember, we've done dramas each, each year. Well, this year is going to be no different in that regard. We've got some new dramas some great new dramas that you're going to love and the people that you would bring are going to love. They're not, they're not heavy uh, theological teachings. They're just everyday applications of the good news. Don't come by yourself that first Sunday of Advent. Every individual, bring another individual. Every family, bring another family. Every group, if you can, bring another group with, with you. How do you know when, you're, when your connect group is mature? How do you know? Well, you start having babies. The proof of physical maturity is the ability to reproduce. The proof of spiritual maturity in your connect group is when your connect group gives birth to other connect groups. You have baby connect groups. Out of that group, you form other groups and other groups and other groups. That's exponential growth. And by the way, if, you have, if, if your group has more than 12 people, you're pregnant. Because you get more than about 10 people in a connect group, in a small group, and it's no longer a small group. It becomes a larger group. And studies have shown that when you have more than 10 people in a, in a small group, somebody stops talking. They become a wallflower. And the whole conversation is dominated by two or three people. The other people are afraid to say anything. That's not what we want here. We want everybody participating. In small groups, small is better. And if you're not signed up for a connect group, I know John told you they're, they're full over here. We've put some extra sheets out. If you're not signed up for a connect group yet, I don't want you to walk. I want you to run over to the information counter when we're through with the service. And I want you to say, hey, I want to be a part of a connect group. Or I want to be a host home for somebody else to meet in for a connect group. The curriculum that we're going to be looking at is uh, the Jesus Lifestyle. It's written by Nikki Gumbel. And it's really a closer look at the Sermon on the Mount. 
and it comes in three installments. We're going to do one before Christmas, and we're going to do two after Christmas to get through the whole Sermon on the Mount. It's that simple. Connect groups, connect groups are going to be the way that you get to know the other people here, the ones on your row that when you look up and down your row now, you don't know. You'll connect with them. They'll become your friends. You'll have relationships with God and with them, and hopefully with other people that may come in to your connect groups. Let me pray with you. Father, uh, I know 2015 has been a has been a really tough year for a lot of people. So right now, as their pastor, I want to pray for my flock. I pray that beginning right now, this will be an easier time for each of them. For those, Lord, who are trying to climb out of, uh, out of debt, may they find financial freedom this year. For those who are trying to make ends meet and they're struggling because they're out of work right now, Lord, would you provide a job for them? Would you open the doors that they could get full employment again and do it quickly, quickly? Father, for those who are trying to climb out of a health crisis, those who are facing difficulty, may this season be a season of health for them. May they find new strength and new vigor. May they be stronger than they have been in the past. And Father, for those in our church family who are struggling with relational problems, been through conflict. There's some here who are, who are separated right now from their husband or their wife. There's some who are in the middle of a divorce. There's some who have lost a loved one. Some who are having major crises in their home. Would you bring peace in their hearts and harmony to all of their relationships? Bless them with changes of heart and mind that there would be reconciliation and love and a new future, a new hope. Lord, for those who have always had that dream, may this be the time that they scale Mount Everest. May this be the time that they reach their peak. May this be the time that they take that chance and start that climb. And I pray in all of this that we won't try to do it alone. That every person in our church will be a part of the temple court and part of a house-to-house -house connect group. Part of a large group worship and part of a small group fellowship. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all I have to say about connect groups. <laughs>